Lord, we have a congregational meeting on January 3rd at 5 p.m. this year. Um, and we would love to get you more information, more details to come about that. Please come to that meeting. And then for the youth, we're having our youth gatherings. We have one today. Uh, and then one again on the 18th of May and the 23rd of May. And those uh, gatherings are right after the worship gathering on Sunday.
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fruitful pearls. So when he has found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragon ball, casting the seeds out of people every time. Which when it was full, they drew the sword. Separate the wicked from amongst the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. 
will be wailing over his people. And Jesus said to them, Have you understood these things? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he said to them, Therefore, every tribe and tribe concerning the kingdom of heaven has been stopped before the beginning of the treasure in the rule and And Lord Jesus, first of all, I pray that you would open up our hearts and open our minds to understand your word here. And I ask that the words that come from this mouth would be from you yourself. And even now, as you are speaking, open our minds to hear what you would say. And Jesus, say in our hearts and our minds and our Thank you for all those people that studied your word and that can help us to understand it. But I do pray that you would also take the words that come from your mouth and help us to understand them more clearly. Pray for me. Um, I pray for our congregation. I pray for everybody who is in a place of struggle, aware of a place of struggle, of tension, hardship, conflict, that you would be with them in that. who are in struggle with this, that the Holy Spirit would be thankful for our not feeling the burdens of the world. Um, I thank you for that too. And simultaneously we could rejoice with each other and we could find excuses to not be so independent of our sin and a Savior who is trying to break that
verses 34 and 35 say, All these things Jesus said in the crowds in parables. Indeed, he said nothing to them without a parable. And this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. I will open my mouth in the council. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundation of the world. Jesus' parables serve a twofold purpose. Jesus' parables fulfilled the truth for those who were against the kingdom of heaven, but it revealed the truth to those who were disciples of the kingdom. And our text today uses parables to show us the response to the value of the kingdom of heaven, the reality of the kingdom of heaven, and our responsibility within the kingdom of heaven. And this text is tailored to show us today that we have been given something more beautiful than a human We have been granted something that is worth more than gold. And it is the fact that we are the beloved sons and daughters of the king. similar comparison to the kingdom of heaven, which we find in verse 52. The first two parables in our passage are the parable of the hidden treasure and the parable of the pearl of great value. These two parables demonstrate the value of the kingdom of heaven and our response to its riches. The third parable, the parable of the nets, demonstrates the realities of the kingdom of heaven. And the fourth and last comparison, which is not a parable, but simply a comparison, demonstrates our responsibility within the kingdom of heaven. Look at verses 44 through 46. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, in these verses, Jesus compares the kingdom of heaven a hidden treasure and a fine pearl. People in ancient times would bury treasure in the fields to hide it from looters and robbers. But, my brothers and sisters, have you ever stopped to think about hidden treasure? I don't know about you, but uh, you know, some of us might like to find some hidden treasure, right? <laughs> now, I'm not much of a, of a fantasy guy, but I'm sure a lot of people are just like me, and when I think about hidden treasure, I think about pirates. I think about pirates with horrible Western European accents, <laughs> like Johnny Depp. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, have you ever stopped to think about hidden treasure? Like, 
how did it get there? How was it collected? He blessed it anyway. Now, in our text, the Greek word that we translate as treasure helps us to grasp the meaning of what Jesus is getting at here uh, by the word treasure. The Greek word treasure carries the idea of a large collection of valuable resources that was amassed and stored up over time. The idea that treasure would likely have been compiled over a lifetime. A treasure would have been massive. It would have been too massive for one person to carry alone because it was a lifetime of riches. Think of King Tut's tomb. King Tut's tomb, the walls of his tomb were covered in gold. And the mass from his burial coffin was 22 pounds of solid gold. Jesus also compares the kingdom of heaven to a pearl of great value. Now, my brothers and sisters, it is difficult to exaggerate the worth of pearls in ancient times. Now, as I was doing my exegesis for this passage, I found it laughable. I just found it comical how valuable pearls were uh, during the Roman Greco, uh, the Greco-Roman era. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I think about pearls in, in this day and age, I think about a whole bunch of bougie people, like in a in a in a in a, in a, in a ballroom, like at a black tie or white tie event, and then they bring you these these plates with hors d'oeuvres, and they and they're charging like three hundred and fifty dollars a pop. And when I think about like that's what I think about like when people are wearing pearls. Now, pearls are expensive today. Most of the time, the elite of our society are the ones who are, who are wearing pearls. But their value was nothing in comparison uh, to how they were valued in the Greco-Roman era. Listen to this. At the height of the Roman Empire, when pearl fever reached its peak, the historian Suetonius wrote that the Roman general, Vitellius, financed an entire military campaign by selling just one of his mother's pearl earrings. That's crazy. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Pearls, in fact, played the pivotal role at the most celebrated banquets in literature to convince Rome that Egypt possessed a heritage and wealth that put it above conquest. Cleopatra wagered Mark Antony she could give the most expensive dinner in history. The Romans reclined as the queen sat with an empty plate and a goblet of wine. She crushed one large pearl of a pair of earrings, dissolved it in the liquid, and drank it down. Astonished, Antony declined his dinner, the matching pearl, and admitted she had won. Pliny world's first gemologist, gemologist writes in his famous natural history that two pearls were worth an estimated 60 million sesterces, or 
demonstrating the response of joy to the value of the kingdom of heaven, to demonstrating the reality of the kingdom of heaven. Let's look at verses 47 to 26. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers and threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The third parable is quite so sobering. It is the, the parable of the net, the dragnet. It demonstrates to us the realities of the kingdom of heaven, the realities of the kingdom of God. Now, some people have conflated the church to be the kingdom of God. And my brothers and sisters, I want to let you know that that is a misunderstanding of the kingdom of God. The church is not the kingdom of God. The church is a part of the kingdom of God. It represents the kingdom of God, but it is not the totality of the kingdom of God. God's kingdom is everything. Everything that has existed, currently exists, and will ever exist in all of creation is the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is the domain of God's sovereign rule. And God rules the entire cosmos. I would throw the oft-used Abraham Kuyper quote in there. Oh, there it is. <laughs> so Jesus, so God, our our sovereign God, he owns it all. And our third parable shows us the reality of the kingdom of heaven was it a promise. It shows us the rea reality of God's kingdom was it a promise. The net, the dragnet, represents the preaching of the gospel to all men and to all women. There will be both good and bad people who hear the truth of the gospel but only those who have been granted true faith and repentance will believe it and endure to the end. The parable of the dragnet actually parallels the parable of the weeds, which is found earlier in this chapter in verses 24 through 30. Verse 30 of the same chapter says, Let both grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles and burn and gather the wheat into my barn. What is being demonstrated in both of these parables is the reality that evil will be present until the return of Christ. Now last week, Lyle preached a great suffering about the reality of suffering that I hope resonated with us all. Evil and the suffering that comes from evil are a present and persistent reality. Everyone suffers. No one can escape it. And Brother Lyle, he hit the nail on the head when he told us that there are a few universal promises in the Bible that apply to everyone in all time. And one of them is suffering. But what separates 
separates the believer is that we suffer with hope. We suffer with our brothers and sisters right alongside us who care for us. We suffer with the example of Christ's suffering at Calvary. And our Lord, our Lord and Savior suffers right along with us. And as we suffer, we suffer with the promise that God is going to punish evil and one day it will be no more. We suffer also with the understanding that hell is a reality. Our text demonstrates to us that Jesus believed in hell. It was created for all the evil that has poisoned God's good creation. But our passage promises us that at the end of the age, God will send his angels to separate the evil from the righteous. And the wicked will be thrown into the fiery furnace. Now, my brothers and sisters, I don't know about you. But that makes me glad that Jesus hates sin and he did something about it. He bore the sins of the church at Calvary and the sins of the wicked will be punished forever. No evil has escaped God. He will deal with it one way or another. And all sin and all evil was either borne by Christ at Calvary or it will be punished in hell. That is the reality.
verse 62 again, Jesus says, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom, which this could also be, be translated, uh, every scribe who has been made a disciple of the kingdom of heaven, is like a master of a house who brings out his treasure, brings out of his treasure what is old and what is new. So in essence, what Jesus is saying, my brothers and sisters, you got to share your treasure. That doesn't make sense. Treasure is supposed to be hoarded. Treasure is supposed to be hidden. We're supposed to, Jesus is saying, you got to share your treasure. You said yes. So now you have to share your treasure. So what Jesus is telling them is that now they are responsible to share the richness of the kingdom of God with others. And the old and new treasure can be understood as the law, the writings, and the prophets of the Old Testament interpreted in light of Jesus' fulfillment of them. So Jesus has equipped them and made them disciples of the kingdom of heaven. Now they are responsible for sharing this treasure. So my question, I gave y'all fair warning, but my question for you all today is the same question that Jesus asked his disciples. Do you understand all these things? Now wait, I'm going to give you another chance. Because if you answer yes, then you are responsible for sharing your treasure. And by your treasure, I don't mean your money, of course. I mean sharing the gift of the kingdom of heaven that has been granted to you. Sharing the good news of the gospel that Jesus is real and that he is the Lord and the Savior of the whole world. Sharing the overwhelming joy that fills your heart when you think about the goodness of Jesus. And all he's done for you. Sharing the new life that you have been granted in Christ Jesus. Sharing the testimony of how God is at work in your life. How God is redeeming your brokenness. How God is restoring your health. How God is restoring your marriage. How God is comforting you and granting you peace in times of trouble. How God is providing for your needs. And how he has saved us from sin. And how we someday will live with him in eternity where we will experience the fullness of his shalom in Jesus' name. What a treasure that is. Worth more than rubies, worth more than gold. And I want to offer to my brothers and sisters who may be here in this room or who may see this via Facebook Live who have not experienced the richness of, of what it means to know Christ. I pray that you would believe. And I pray that the Spirit is now a beginning of work in you. That you would be granted faith and repentance in the God-man, in Jesus Christ, who is truly God and truly man, who lived a perfectly sinless life on your behalf and went to Calvary on your behalf and died where it should have been you. And then he Resurrected after three days with all power in heaven and earth. Believe in this gospel because it's true. This is our treasure, my brothers and sisters.
know this. We who are acquainted with this are now called to share it. Can I have some of y'all's treasure? Father in heaven, I thank you that you have revealed yourself to me in the word. Lord, I pray that you would continue through your preached word and through celebration of worship and, and that you would continue to glorify yourself in our lives. Faith and repentance will be granted to us all, to those who are not yet believers, that they would enter into saving faith with you, but also, Lord, us, we who are already believers, continue granting faith and repentance to your gospel in our lives. Help us, Lord, we now believe, we who now believe, to help our unbelief. Lord, you've given us much, granted us much, that we sometimes take for granted. Lord, help us to see and to know that you are our are our treasure. Lord Christ, you are our treasure. We love you more than anything because you first loved us. So it is in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit that I do pray. Amen. Oh, please. 